Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Giro podcast. I'm your host, Jordan. I am joined by the formidable Jamie Olsen. Hello. And the one and only Danny Roberts Clark, aka The Doctor. G'day, g'day. G'day. Very apt, as you are off to Australia on Sunday. Yes, indeed. Not forever, just for a month. You are coming back. Please come back. Unfortunately. Please come back. (laughs) (laughs) It would be really nice if you came back. Um, But as uh, as we said in our last podcast, we are going to do a uh, this podcast today, which is all about the classics. Uh, Today is the twenty fifth of February. Happy birthday, Heinrich Hausler! And uh, this weekend is the opening weekend of the classics, which is for me my favourite time of year when it comes to the cycling calendar. Um, But before we get into all the details. Every Classics race should be enjoyed with a lovely Belgian beer. We've all picked our selections for today. Jamie, what's your poison? I've got one of your favourites, Delirium. Delirium. It is a good one. Uh, Yeah, if you ever see Delirium... Actually, you can get Delirium pretty widely in the UK now. So if you see it, pick pick it up. It's pretty punchy, but it's just a gorgeous Belgian blonde. What do you got there, Daniel? I've got a Triple Danvers, which is a blonde, triple blonde as well. So that Delicious. one's from De Conink, which is a, a brewery in Antwerp. Not to and it's a... Uh, flooring company. Yeah, it's, no. Well, no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, gorgeous beer, pretty punchy. And I've gone for, because we're talking about the classics, I've gone for Quaramont, which is a small brewery uh, based on the Quaramont. Uh, 6.6%. It's like a dark blonde, but it's good, real good. So we've got the beers out of the way. Um, so the classics, my favorite time of year. What are the classics? It kicks off this league weekend with Omloop Newsblad and Kern of Brussels Kern. And it's basically the start of two months of what's essentially one day, one day races. Uh, that's across Belgium, France, uh, Italy, Holland. Um, and four of them, four of these races that we're going to be talking about today are, are one of the five quote unquote monuments. There's a couple in there that we think should be monuments. Um, but I mean, these, these races are just they're full gas. They're hard, they're long, they've got various terrain. The weather usually plays a big part. It's usually cold, it's usually windy. It's just intense, hard riding, but it's just so emotive. It's like these warriors go to battle for one day and it's the first to cross the finish line. Uh, and I love it. What do you guys think about the, the classics? Yeah, it's the the best racing really isn't it like i mean the grand tours are great for all their history but you know you get boring days on a grand tour you don't really get boring boring days when you uh watch classics race no definitely not apart from the first like three quarters of milan san remo but we'll come to that (laughs) no one watches that (laughs) uh daniel yeah absolutely love it best best time of the year Mm. um it was kind of cool having them a bit more spread out last year. Having uh, we might come to that later, but oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, really love the classics. Such mm. exciting racing. So we kick off this weekend with Omloop, um, but last year we had some just amazing highlights. Um, for, uh, we can sort of go through them, but I think my, the biggest highlight for me was one seeing the first ever women's Paris Roubaix, uh, which was in October is much later than normal it's usually at the beginning of the year but this last year because of covid and that it was in october and lizzie diagnan our our very own britain's very own lizzie diagnan won with an 80 kilometer solo break unbelievable. just unbelievable and it was a it was just a, i mean the roubaix we'll get to it a bit later but it's just a brutal bride no matter which way yeah. you spin it she just, also announced she's pregnant with her second child yesterday congrats lizzie yeah. congrats lizzie that's and, great uh, yeah she, very exciting. Is she going to be racing? 
Oh, probably for a few more. Yeah, really? Not much longer, though. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I hadn't even thought of that. Very cool, yeah. Very cool. Um, what about you? What was your guys' summer highlights from 2021? Me? Sure. Me? Um, well, go back to Roubaix again. Maybe it's because it's fresh in the memory, but yeah. wet Roubaix oh, was pretty intense. So good. Um, slightly different time of year to normal. Um, definitely... Definitely my highlight of the of last year's mm. classics. If we're talking just last year, mm. I mean, I've got tons of highlights from years gone by. No, just last year. Just last year, Wet Rebay. Mm. Everyone, everyone will be saying that. Yeah, yeah I it's was good. Be up there. It was like what first of like first in seventeen years so, or something. A long, long time. Every, yeah, like early two thousands was the last wet one, I think. Every year, people pray for it because it just mm. makes it so. It makes the riding difficult because you've got these very slippery granite co- cobbles. So you really have to have your uh, easy there, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's just gone a little bit aggressive with this his delirium's with, quite frothy with his pouring and um, yeah and so you had a few crashes on the cobbles but then the iconic photos of these guys that had just come to the finish line caked in mud mm. absolutely caked in mud and they look like they've been in battle it's amazing mm. uh, very very amazing oh, um, the same thing Anna Jesus Van, Christ Anna van der Bregen one seventh her seventh flesh only, which is just phenomenal mm. like un, unmatched really yeah. uh, both men's and women's drop mic and retire yeah exactly and then and then went on to retire uh, and then of course birthday boy Heinrich Hausler a, 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 a personal favourite fourth in Omloop last year top ten in Roubaix the guy's 38 years old and still crushing it mm. uh, love to see it love to see it uh, anything else what should we crack on Let's crack on. Let's crack on. Let's get into this year. So exciting weekend, opening weekend uh, of the classics. On Saturday, we've got Omloop Newsblad, uh, uh, both the men's and women's race, and then we've got Colonel Brussels Kern uh, on Sunday. So we've got sad two days of racing, two great races. Uh, Omloop is essentially in the Flanders region of, uh, it starts in Ghent, it's on the Flanders region. Um, so you've got a, a number of the sort of cobble climbs, but, you know, it, it's kind of very iconic because the last two climbs, you've got the Kappelmuir in Heraldsbergen, which is that very iconic, beautiful kind of uh, sort of cobbled, windy climb up to the, the church, which is at the top of the hill. Yeah. And then you drop down the bottom or, or other side of it, and then they go up the Bosberg. Mm. Um, but it's like a 200, 200 kilometer day. Uh, Big day. Usually wet, usually windy, a real sort of good opener. Uh, last year, one's by uh, David Ballerini in the men's race. Mm. Women's was uh, Anna van der Bregen, which was still 140k with 1,000 metres climbing. So, yeah, n- no shout. Um, mm. Yeah, what are you guys thinking about, about this race this year? Always look forward to opening weekend because oh, yeah. you don't know what condition the riders are in. Mm. It's always can be a bit dicey with the weather, although disappointingly this weekend looks quite good. Yeah. Oh, Disappointingly for us, the riders will love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's always a great weekend just to kind of see where everyone's at and mm. kickstart the season. I mean, that's just it. So we're doing this podcast to not go over each race individually. We wanted to just do kind of like a bit of an overview of the whole thing mm. and just talk about our excitement for the next two months. And we can get a good understanding of what people are talking about. But the reality is we don't know who's mm. in great form. We can only really kind of glean some some learnings from the first few races of the year. Yeah. Um, the, the best way to find out is join us in the cafe. Join us in the cafe. Jordan will be watching it. I'll be watching it down Saturday. The yeah, join us in the cafe. We've got beers, we've got food, we've got coffee. Kern Brussels, Kern Sunday. Kern Brussels, Kern Sunday. James will be holding it down. Oh, it's going to be James. 
it's going to be good. Um, and then, yeah, Colonel Brussels Kern. Uh, it's again, it's kind of, it's in the Flanders region, but it goes, so if, if you've ever been out there, how do you describe it? Like as you drive through, you know, if you, if you drive, you know, from Calais, it's basically just hundreds or like a few hundred miles of farmland. Mm. You know, everything beside you is just rolling farmland. There's no mountains. Then when you get into sort of like the Flanders region, it's just all farm tracks and it's a little bit lumpy. We're not talking about mountains. We're not talking mm. about Box Hill or anything like that. It's just a little bit lumpy. And then you've got like, a, you know, these kind of cobble climbs, which really make it exciting. So the Kern of Brussels Kern, it's partly in that region, but then it also goes out to sort of more uh, west, so towards Courtrake. Our good friend Christoph Allegart lives. Um, and that's actually, funnily enough, where all the pro teams stay. So if you want to, um, for the whole, because they normally basically base themselves on Courtrake for these next two months. Mm. So if you want to get a bit of a sneak peek of some pros, then uh, that sounded a bit weird, didn't it? Yeah. We all love it, though. <laughs> yeah. In, in Courtrake. <laughs> Lovely town. So that's this opening weekend. We've got men's and women's on the Saturday for Omloop, and then we've got a men's race on the Sunday for Colonel Brussels Kern. And then... The weekend after, 5th of March. My favourite. Your favourite? Mm. What's happening on the 5th of March? Strada Bianchi. I'm sure there's a more Italian way of saying that, but Is that's it? that's what I'm going to run with on the podcast Bionche. to avoid making a fool of myself. <laughs> Strada <But yeah>. Bianchi. <laughs> Is it is it Bianchi, Bianchi, Bianche? No idea. <laughs> let's go. Anyway, B- let's go beyond. Anyway, should be a cla- <laughs> uh, should be a monument, isn't a monument? Isn't a monument? No. So I mean, um, talk, talk about what the what it, it is. It differs very sort of heavily from opening weekend. It's it's Tuscan hills. Mm. It's it's lumpy. There's mm. gravel sectors. There's no cobbles. Mm. It's not as often decided by the weather perhaps more you know Tuscan Hills it's more sunny mm. bit cold maybe but there's no crosswinds and rain per se mm. I'm not not guaranteeing that it might be rainy they'll get yeah. filthy then like Tij Benut won it in the rain once oh, um, that was amazing but yeah it's, it's a bit different to the rest of the classics but it's it's a uh, a long hard day out it's hilly it's so it starts and finishes in Siena doesn't it mm. and it goes out and it, the, it's famed for these white gravel yeah. roads, which is when the sun's shining, you just have this white dust. Yeah. And so these riders are covered. And yeah, that year, was it 2018 when Tij Benoit yeah. won? So they the, just the, caked in mud. For, for anybody listening who hasn't watched it before, the, the entrance back into so Siena is this kind of gorgeous old castle town, but it's at the top of a hill. So <laughs> this climb is like, a, I think it top, tops out at like sort of 14, 15% mm. in places. It's this kind of like granite climb yeah. up this narrow street. You've got fans lining it, screaming at the riders. And that year was the first year that Wout van Aert was racing in, yeah. the, in the Pro Peloton. Mm. He cramped on the final and, corner. I mean, literally, he, climb off he had nothing left to give, like nothing. His body just went, no thanks. He looked so like close me to after the top. a white down. Yeah. <laughs> I think he looks like me after white down. Let's be uh, let's be let's be fair, Jay. Hey, no, I, think, I, don't, I don't ride anymore. So last year was won by uh, Matthew van der Poel, um, but interesting this year, um, Podjakar's Podjakar's yeah. doing a few of the classics. He'll so go well. He will go. It def- yes. it, you know, he'll go well anywhere. That guy. So I mean, you've got. We're talking about this, this sort of classic season. You've got like you've definitely got two types of riders. So you've got Flanders, which suits the kind of more stronger riders, not sprinters, but the more kind of like powerhouse mm. riders uh, that can go. You know, like Mathieu van der Poel, Wout van Aert, that can go full gas for a long time. But then you've got these other rides like Strada Bianchi, 
uh, Liege, Baston Liege, Flash Wallonie, which suit more of like the Roulette riders, you know, the, the, well, not Roulette riders, but rather riders that would be a little GC bit more guys. GC guys. Yeah, p- p- people that can kind of essentially do it all. Um, it, it, because there's a lot more climbing, it favours people, people being a little bit lighter as opposed to just having to smash over cobbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, look at last year at Strada Bianchi, there's Egan Bernal in third. Yeah. Podcast seventh. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's the guys you don't expect to see up there in the classics. Really cool, really cool race. And the, again, like the the women's race is is just as exciting. Uh, and we're definitely kind of going to be wanting to kind of highlight just how exciting this women's season is going to be. Uh, and there's been a lot more support for the women's riding, which is great. Last year it was run by uh, Chantal van den Broek, um, one of our favourites, Elisa Longo Borghini, finished second. Mm. Uh, she had a good season last year. Um, so that's on the fifth of March. So definitely get get stuck into that. That'll be a uh, that'll be a real good one. And then week after, you stay in Italy. So basically, this is what's so exciting about these two months. It's like every week or every other week. Look, there are some smaller races in between, like like Brabant Chapel and and Le Samian. The Oxy Clean Classic. The Oxy Rouge de Pan. The Oxy Clean Classic. Um, but we're just kind of focusing on some of the, the sort of the, the bigger races just for the, for the sake of time. But in, in two weeks after that, on the 19th of March, we've got Milan San Remo. Yeah. Longest race in the calendar. Yeah. So good. Oh, it, it's a great race. It, you know, it's, it's There's a good three, 30K. 300, <laughs> 300K long, um, about 2,000 metres climbing. And essentially, if you look at the race profile, for the first half of it, it's about 140, 150k. It's basically slightly uphill, and it gets to you know not not talking this kind of huge mountain, but it's certainly like a big old mm. lump, slightly uphill, and then it drops down to the coast, and then it's basically sort of flat and rolling, uh, uh, literally along the coast, goes where through Matteo lives. Yep, shout out Matteo. Shout out Matteo. Miss you. And then it uh, finishes in San Remo, which is near the sort of like fairly, fairly close to the, the French, French border. border yeah. And there's two sort of like, you know, iconic climbs on the end, the Cipressa and the Poggio. Poggio. Uh, Poggio. And the thing that I love about it is it always, I mean, it has occasionally be won by like a break, but it usually comes down to like a sprint finish. And you've got these guys who 300 kilometers are racing and it comes down to a sprint. Mm. And not necessarily these small groups. Sometimes it is, sometimes like a few people can get away and, and people don't miss it, but it's pretty exciting. What happened last year? Uh, last year was a small kind of group over the top of the climb, kind of regrouping on the descent as, as it kind of often does. Um, and then it was Jasper Stuyven, kind of brilliant attack in the last, was it K and a half or something? Um, mm. Managed to chip off and all the sprinters kind of looked at each other and that was all the time he needed and solo to the win, which is great there to wasn't see. There many sprinters. No, I mean, Caleb Ewan managed to drop all his teammates, as did mm. a couple of the <laughs> yeah. other guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Caleb win this year. I mean, Pidcock went very well mm. in that race. And it was because it's one of the earlier sort of like classics or the early, well, it's the first monument. Mm. Um, it's like, so traditionally it has been won by sprinters because the route was different. So Cavendish has won it. Um, but then they sort of slightly changed the route to not make it a little bit harder for these sprinters. To see Caleb up there was amazing. And you can, t- I mean, he was devastated. He wants this race so bad. Yeah, he's come second enough times. Yeah. You know, he, he just wants to win. So, I mean, we, I mean, yeah. Hashtag pray for Caleb. I just like watching <laughs> the descent. Yeah. Oh, was wild. it um, Bonifacio a couple of years ago, just descending like I've yeah. never seen. Wow. Incredible. won it so cool. off that descent yeah. once. He got yeah, to yeah. the top with a few guys and dropped them all on the descent. Yeah, what Because he just that? knows it like back of his hand. Nibali was, where are we? That was 2018. 
on your nibs. And then, I mean, the previous winners, you know, you've, this is where, we've, you know, we talk, we've got these, you know, it's not just sprinters, although, you know, Alexander Kristoff has won it. Um, but, you know, we've got Kwiatkowski, he's won at Nibali, Alaphilippe, mm. Wout van Aert, Jesper Stuyven. You know, it's a, it's a very wide-ranging people. And again, Podrakar's racing this year, Roglic is racing, uh, Alaphilippe. Alaphilippe, you know, he has won it in the past. He can absolutely win it again. Um, Michael Matthews is in the mix. He always loves this race. He seems to target this race, Won't doesn't win. he? Won't win, no. Heard it here first. Um, yeah, last year. And last year, Peter Sagan finished fourth. You know, what was a, what was a pretty quiet year for Peter Sagan with every respect. Um, you know, he, he was up there. He finished fourth. So this is definitely a race that a lot of people want to uh, want, want to race. Are you looking at the start list there? Yeah, yeah. So there's not it's not super populated yet, but there's... No, we are quite early in the like season. Taco? Taco. <laughs> yeah. Jumbo Visma are fielding Primoz Roglic. Ali? Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, very, no, very no interesting. On the Quintana? Yeah, sorry, mate. No Quintana. I reckon, Quintana he'll, win. I reckon he'll win it. <laughs> Either one of the Quintana brothers will die for the like, win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like the climb. Yeah. Um, and there's no, you know, we'll get onto it in a, in, in a bit, but there's no women's sort of version of the Milan San Remo, um, which is a shame, but. I'm sure we'll see that change the next few years. Um, so then we've got like a, a couple of midweek races with the OxyClean Classic Bruges de Pan. I wonder what OxyClean do. I think they clean stuff. Can with you Google ox- that, Danny? With Oxy. With, you, o- with Oxygen. Have a quick look for us. I, I reckon it's... It's, it's like Vanish Oxy action. Detergent mm-hmm. or something. And then... Stain, uh, Stain remover. Brilliant. And then the next sort of... Well, so there's, you've got the E3... So it's now called the E3 Saxobank Classic. It used to be called the E3 Harlebeck because it starts and finishes in Harlebeck, which is, again, it's in Flanders. It's basically a mini Flanders. It goes up some of the similar climbs like the Quaramont, Paterberg, which will come to it in the, in, the, in the Flanders race. But these very, very iconic climbs. Um, and then the sort of the following weekend on the 27th, uh, which is the week before the Flanders, we've got Ghent or Wagen. Now that is... So again, it's in Flanders, but it's using a slightly different way. The main climb or the most iconic climb is the Kemmelberg, uh, which is really cool. I've been up the Kemmelberg, actually. It's, you, you don't really realize you're on it until you're on it because mm. you, you're kind of going through like farmland and then suddenly you kind of go into these trees and you realize you're on the Kemmelberg and it's this kind of cobbled climb. It was, it was really weird, is actually. Is that the one Rhino did yeah, his little photo shoot on? Yeah, it was super, yeah. like it was really foggy and you couldn't, you, it was such dense fog. You couldn't really see sort of 10 meters. So I've got this great photo of, of Rhino cresting Kemmelberg, oh, yeah. uh, coming out of the mist like cresting. a... Like a lion. Sensational. Or a rhino. Um, really great race. Fantastic. Last year, the women's race was run by Mariana Voss. Uh, the men's race was run by Wout van Aert. But it's usually... It's very rolling. It's usually windy. Hopefully a bit of weather. I mean, the men's race. I mean, this is just so crazy. 250 kilometers, 1,500 meters climbing. Average of 43 kilometers an hour. Uh, the women's race uh, was was 38 kilometers an hour, 140 mm. with 900 meters. I mean, just and that was a that was actually a sprint finish um, for the end there. But yeah, very 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 cool. Pidcock was starting to show his form there. Yeah, yeah. What was the? Uh, he was coming good, but it, before he's robbed of victory. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, and then we got Doaz. Doaz Door Vlaanderen, which is a little in-between race. I'm not doing that in disrespect. It is, but it is an in-between race. That's yeah. kind of midweek. I still couldn't get around it. No. <laughs> and then the third, put it in your diaries, ladies and gentlemen, the 3rd of April, we've got the Ronde van Vlaanderen. Jamie, you've been there. 
Yes. Talk about it. Tell me. Oh, it's exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> All right. And on to the next race. <laughs> <laughs> cool story, bro. Um, no, it's, it's it's obviously another, the second of the monuments we're uh, running through here. Mm. Um, it's characterized by its cobbled climbs, mm. but you know, there's, there's a lot more to it than that. It's, what is it, 250 plus K? Yeah, so it's two, pretty much 250 on yeah. the dot. Yeah, so yeah. it starts out starts out flat yeah. in just sort of a bit of a procession and then they, they sort of get into the action. They start looping around the local farmer's fields and that's where uh, we, we like to watch it from. Um, you can run in between the, uh, is it the Paterberg and the yep. Quermont? Yep. And uh, we used to sort of quite enjoy watching the locals run between them. Run between the two, While yeah. we stood there watching... They them come past on the Quermont, but so it's uh, to, to like put it into a bit of context, like mm. as sort of as Jamie's sort of alluding to, like if you haven't been there and if you're watching on TV, like you don't realize actually what a small area it's in. Yeah. So it starts in Antwerp and it's basically 120 sort of k of of essentially flat sort of suburbia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but then it gets into the sort of the the main sort of Flanders region. But you've got these climbs that are relatively close together mm. and it kind of crisscrosses yeah. all over the... So we, we always watch it on Quaramont and they come up three times up that and, and same three times up Paterberg, which is you can... If you're standing on Quaramont, you can just kind of see on the other side of like the valley. It's quite cool. Um, and then in previous years, they've gone out to Carrodsberg and to do Capelmuir, uh, which they're not... They didn't do last year. They're not doing this year. Um, but I mean, to put it into some sort of context, like... It's not like watching a bike race over here. No. It is Belgium in Belgium like cycling is like the national Life. sport. Religion. It, mm. It's like the the whole place stops to watch this race. And everyone's got their flags flying and there's just such a buzz like it's oh I mean Danny, Danny's coming this year for the first time. Cannot wait. Oh, it's it's just I mean, you know, did you, what was your experience of it, you know, being in Australia and kind of the, with the classics kind of, you know, how, how were you able to watch them? I guess it's just the stay up late. So you've really got to pick which races you want to watch because yeah. otherwise you'd be, you know, up late for two months of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, similar to the tour really. But yeah, like it's always good fun kind of staying up till three in the morning. Really? Mates, drinking a few Proper. beers, that's, watching the cycling. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Great. Good fun. Well, yeah. you, you don't need to do that this year. Well, as long as you come back. Um, and what's really cool about it is the women's race is happening at the same time. And I know that sounds a bit confusing, but because of the way that they sort of organise and, and pick the routes, whilst the you know the men's race could be like a couple of streets over, and the women's race is coming up this climb. So you know we always watch it from Quaramont because it's, it's a it's a really good atmosphere. There's big screens, so you can get a good idea of what's happening on the race. And then the men's come men's comes up three times i think the women's comes up twice yeah i'm pretty sure it comes so up it twice it's in between the yeah. uh, first and the last and then it finishes in aldenard um but it's just it's a great it's just a brilliant race to watch and there's just so much like emotion and then when when we're out there we always ride the route on the monday which is quiet but it's you know it's it's we're not talking about the cobblestones that are on guildford high street mm. Like Bone shaking. These things are violent. Yeah. Not quite as violent as what we see in Roubaix, but the, I mean, the Koffenberg, for example, like if it's wet, it is so steep, it is near impossible to, mm. to, to properly cycle up. And you see pros walking. Yeah. If for whatever reason they get knocked or if they slip, they walk up. Like it's, it is that dramatic. 
and just what makes it such mm. brilliant, brilliant uh, racing. Yeah, you can hear the cyclists' tiny bones giving up yeah. as they ride up it. Their carbon bikes crashing around. So last year's winner uh, was a two-up sprint uh, with Mathieu van der Poel and Kasper Askren won. Kasper the friendly guy. Um, but I mean, previous winner, Mathieu van der Poel's won. Uh, Alberto Bettiol, Nicky Terpstra, Philip Gilbert, Philip Gilbert. So, Belgian, he was the Belgian national champion. Mm. That's the picture. That's the image. To be the Belgian national champion and to win at Flanders is the one. Even though Philip Gilbert comes from like a different region and like a, not a Flemish-speaking region, they still you know, celebrate and love the guy. Wow, this year. Yeah, wow. I mean, and that's, that's what, you know, there's this pressure. Mm. I remember being in, so in Aldenard, there's a really great uh, museum called the Ronde van Vlaanderen Museum. It's a museum about the Ronde van Vlaanderen. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Crazy. And uh, they had, uh, the Monday after the race a few years back, they had the specialised with doing a, uh, like a press day for their new Roubaix bike, which they're about to release for the next week. And uh, at that time, Yves Lampart walked in and he was the Belgian champ and he was, you know, riding a specialiser. He was a part of this press day. And it was like, it was, it was a really imposing moment, you know, kind of walking in and it's like this, almost like this kind of, it was like a holiness around it, you know, it's like, oh, wow, the Belgian champ. Um, I mean, he's a, like a very thick set guy anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so for, for, to be there and, you know, the, champs this year are Welt van Aert and Lottie Kopecky and so they will be going for it because it's not mm. just another race it's like there's this level of pride there's national pride that's on the uh, online I'm not sure there's any other sports like it really um, absolutely not there's a great photo of Jamie actually I, I think you posted yeah, it on social media on didn't you yeah, yeah. a couple of weeks or a week ago just chucking the horns yeah. on, the, on the side of Quadamont oh it's so exciting. There's a woman in the background just looking at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, again, it's the, I mean, we've said it before, but Podjakar is racing. It'll be interesting to see how he goes. Because mm, it is... Gets shaken off his bike. Well, it's just a very, very sort of violent, violent thing. Um, and again, you know, so some of the women contenders to look, look for, uh, obviously Lottie Kopecky, who's the national champ. Um, Demi Vollering can never count Marion Voss out. Mm. Um, they've got a equal prize money to fight out for. Yes, which we're going to cover a bit later, mate. Thanks for bringing that up. That mm. is so. That is such exciting news. So, uh, for listeners of the podcast and and, uh, and who will remember the podcast with Louise uh, from uh, Internationals, yeah, on you, Louise. We miss you. Um, the, uh, she put out this tweet last year, and it was for the Omloop. Omloop, yeah, Omloop, which is Saturday's race. Which is this coming Opening Saturday's weekend, race. weekend, yeah, race so number one. last year, it, you know, it had some relatively okay coverage on the TV, and people were saying, oh, how great it is. And she's like, well, hang on a minute. The, and she, she tweeted, the men's winner mm. gets 16,000 euros to win that race, and the women's got 940 euros. Such a joke. I mean, but unfortunately, this has been, and this is why Louise and the Internationals, this is what they've been campaigning for, for a level of like parity and equality within the sport. Mm. And, you know, um, the, 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 the pro peloton and for the women's, like, there is no money. And, you know, some of these organizers like the ASO, I mean, we'll come onto it in a bit with the, the, the Tour de France, but they just haven't shown any respect to the women's peloton at all. So, thankfully... Th there is a real tide change happening. It's mm. really exciting racing to watch. Always has been. I remember the mm. Olympics here in London, 2012 Olympics. 
it was the yeah. women's race was much more exciting than the men's. Yeah. Um, there's lots of attacks and, and all the rest of it. So Flanders, as Jamie just said, or the Tour of Flanders have announced a yeah. massive announcement saying that the prize money is equal. Yeah, so it's equal prize money the, for the men's and the women. The first race they'll be doing that for, and it's they're they're the organisers of a lot of the yeah. classics. So yeah. their goal is, I don't know about next year, but I'm going to you know hold them accountable on the Giro podcast that <laughs> next year all of yeah. the races they organise will be the yeah. same, yeah. not just the Tour yeah. of Flanders. Yeah. Um, hopefully they listen, you know, and hopefully, but yeah, that's, I think, I, I mean, like obviously launching it with Tour of Flanders, their mm. marquee event mm. and carrying on into next year probably is their goal anyway, all yeah. jokes aside. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully this is, you know, the start of something bigger. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Mm. I mean, the, there is definitely, you know, some big differences in the, in, in how the sort of the men and women raced and that's just down to the size of the teams and, and, you know, kind of people, you know, it's definitely sort of smaller rosters. Um, but, but you know when we're forced to have them smaller because they don't get prize money to pay salaries to make the rosters bigger. But when simple maths, absolutely. isn't it? But when watching the race, this you know when watching these races and in particular Vlaanderen, just be on the lookout for very clever breaks because mm. it's usually there's usually be a group that will go away, you know, any anywhere from like eighty to like forty kilometers yeah. from the end, and that group will usually stay away. Because the, the riding's so hard, and 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 yeah. so both the men's and the women's, that will usually be some sort of break. So keep an eye out for that uh, when you're watching it. Uh, last year, the, in the women's, Annemiek van Vleuten won it solo. Probably won it this year. Yeah, but I mean, you look. Like, we had, advice. you know, your favourite Grace Brown in third. True. You know, she yeah, yeah, she yeah. was up there. Uh, Elisa Longoburgini was fourth. Demi Vollering has had an amazing season. Demi Vollering's now being managed by Van der Bregen, who's retired for yeah. SD Works. Uh, so it's all very exciting. And then normally uh, we go the following weekend into Roubaix, but I understand that that's not, that's not happening. French election. French election. So the Paris-Roubaix organisers requested Amstel Gold swap weekends with them. The little shift change. Yeah. And, uh, and looks like Amstel Gold said yes. Well, last year we had Bay at the end of the year in October. Oh yeah, and we loved it. Seems yeah, seems there's no so no I th- real. Uh, I think we issue. should. Uh, I think we should petition Macron or whoever the incoming president is to keep that a. Uh, you know, you, you've got some ties with the French government, don't you, Danny? Well, my grandma was French. I'm sure we could make it work. There you go. Yeah, Done. yeah. We can Easy. just pull some strings. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll they got nothing else on their plate right now to worry no. about. No, no, no. And we'll uh, we'll 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 no comment. We'll, <laughs> we'll bring back the uh, we'll bring back the um, autumnal, autumnal Roubaix. Bit of orange leaf. Um, so the following week is Amstel Gold, uh, where Pickcock was robbed last year. Pickcock was robbed last year. Yeah, on the line. Yeah, he finished second, didn't he? Yeah, VAR. With uh, him second, Wout van Aert won. So I mean, Wout van Aert, Van der Poel's won. Uh, Philip Gilbert's won. Kwiatkowski's Voss won. Voss has probably won it like eight times in a row in the women's equivalent. Voss won it last year. Uh, yeah, but they 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 had it four years, and then there was a bit of a break for some reason, and then uh, it started again in in 2017. But Van der Breggen's uh, COVID. Co- Katrina Niwadoma, she won it in 2019. And then uh, 2021 was Marion Vasta last year. I mean, but it's a very different race from Flanders. So mm. Amstel Gold is it's, rolling. Uh, it's beginning of like the, it's 
the first Ardenne. Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, that's exactly yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah. Same it's region con- as some of the later classics like Flesh Wallone so and Liege Baston Liege. Yeah, it's in Holland. Mm. Uh, and then sort of it, the, it does a, finishes with a circuit. Yeah. And you've got the Kalberg, yeah. uh, which is the sort of up through the town. You've got these drunken, you know, sort of Dutch, Dutch people screaming all over it. Have they got the route up yet? They do actually, yeah. So the, the oh. route is so last year Amstel was a circuit, yeah. But this year it's a it's back to being a, a full. This kind is of an race overnight with, development. With this is an overnight circuits, development. Yeah. It didn't yesterday, yesterday we looked and there was nothing. Yeah. So, so what's so how many times at the Cowberg then? Uh, it's hard to tell from the route, but um, <laughs> it definitely includes Paterberg and Cowberg. Um, yeah, can't Mike. tell how many times, but enough. Cool. Yeah. That's exciting. Kalberg's a bit of a brute. It goes up to like 19%, I mm. think. Mm. Tarmac, though. Tarmac. But I mean, it's steep. It's, sh- mm. it's relatively short and steep. So a bit of a brute. Um, and then, uh, so that is on the 10th of March. Sorry, 10th of April. Oui. Um, but again, these guys. So it's 220 kilometers for the men's race, 3,000 meters of climbing. Last year, it was 43 kilometers an hour average. The women's is 116 kilometers with 1,500. So it's basically half last year. The routes obviously will be different because last year, because of COVID, they just did a, 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 like a loop. Because uh, you can there. catch COVID out on the like, <laughs> non-route, non-loop bit. Apparently um, COVID was in the leading, but not on the loop. <laughs> top competitors. <laughs> Got to give a shout out to Michael Woods. Uh, Alejandro Valverde, who's racing at the age of... De- 89 64 or something um and the women got you know it's pretty much the same throughout the classics for the women so you've got Annemiek van Vloot and uh Elisa Longa Borghini Marion Vos Demi Vollering Cecilia Trip Ludwig um yeah you wouldn't want to be you wouldn't want to be good race for Spratty (laughs) on your Spratty Spratty you wouldn't want to be betting on that it's uh it's impossible to call no yeah yeah you're absolutely right it definitely is um so that's Paris Roubaix. No, no, no we're coming gold, to Paris Roubaix. Jesus, I know. I'm getting so excited. So Paris Roubaix, we already spoke about it. I mean, you've been to Paris Roubaix. We? Oui. I haven't. Like so, to, so I mean, just give the kind of maybe just the the overview of, of what what the race is. So it's it's slightly different to uh, Ronde van Vlaanderen. Uh, so it's the next monument in the calendar. So Amstel Gold fills that week in between this year. Um, but yeah, it's it's super long and actually entirely flat. But, well, you know, relatively yeah. speaking, yeah, it's yeah. flat. It, um, it's not lumps. But it, again, it's, it's, its main feature is the cobbles. Like, like Tour of Flanders, mm. the cobbles are the decisive factor. Yeah. But you're not going uphill on these cobbles. You're yeah. going it's like along farm, the flat. It's like farm tracks. In yeah, so it's, it's typically defined a bit more by the wind and yeah. also the size of the cobbles. Yeah. So in the sort of Flanders region, they're a bit smaller, not quite as brutal. Whereas in sort of Paris-Roubaix, like when you get out to Roubaix especially, mm. the the cobbles are huge. Mm. Like they are enormous, mm. like the size of my head. Mm. And I've got a pretty big got head. A big head. Um, so yeah, that, that leads to, you know, ruts and gutters forming that are literally throw you off the bike size holes. The riders have got to avoid that. They're hitting them at, considerably faster than they would in Tour of Flanders as well. Yeah. Throw in some water. Yeah, yeah. It's game over. Well, I mean... It's incredible, like, 
Yeah, when you when you get up close and personal with them, ride over them, walk over them, even so you, you were, really do see the scale because of how the route goes. You were able to kind of see different points, but yeah. like the, the there's 31 cobbled sectors, mm. and they're graded one star to five star depending on yeah. the severity of the cobbles. But probably the most iconic comes in in like probably like 80, 80k to go. Yeah. Mm. Arenberg Forest or the Trouhe Dachenberg. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, which is 2.3 kilometers of pure savagery. Slightly false flat, dead straight. Yeah. You can Slightly literally uphill. see the yeah, whole yeah. sector in front of yeah. you. And I remember when we, we got there and you could just hear the like, like buzz of the sort of atmosphere and the race mm. was still about 15 minutes away. We dumped the car at the side of the motorway and it was a uh, Macho's Fiesta. But O2 plate. When they hit it, because they're hitting it from tarmac, mm. they're going they like over yeah, 50 kilometers 50, an hour. 50 plus k yeah, an hour. Just because they want to get as much speed to try and yeah. go over the cobbles as possible. Yeah, and you, you <sighs> race into the cobbled sections. Like the the race is defined by being yeah. in the best position yeah. when you start the cobbled, cobbled section. So if you're at the front, when you hit the cobbles, mm. you're in a good spot. Mm. Um, but that also creates a race into mm. the cobbles and then you hit them at speed. And, and like last year they did it in the rain. And Mitch Docker Maniac. had his horror crash mm. there, uh, what, 2018, 2019? Yeah, straight into the barbed wire fence. Yeah, I mean, just horror. Um, and it's just because it's narrow, it's violent. You've got screaming fans on mm. both sides. Um, unbelievable. Last year was wet. Uh, and again, 260 kilometers, even though we say it's flat, 1300 meters up. So it's just kind of like lumpy, really. Yeah. Um, 31 couple seconds. The men was a 42 kilometer hour average. Uh, the women's was obviously, as we know, amazingly won by Lizzie. Uh, it was a 39 kilometer average. Um, yeah, I mean, these. this is where the big, powerful guys come come to the fore. Mm. I mean, uh, you know, watching Flanders, watching Roubaix, like back in the day when I was first getting into it, it was Tommy Boone and, you know, Fabian Cancellara. Like these were, you know, this was when they were first kind of, you know, coming onto the scene. They were these specialists around yeah. this time. Uh, and then Roubaix finishes in this velodrome. So there's usually like two or three people that have managed to get together and then they sprint, finish on a track which is just, yeah. just mad. Um, so, so, so good. Uh, Sagan's won it in the past. Uh, Philip Gilbert, Greg Van Armer, Matthew Heyman. Oh, Matthew Heyman. Mm. That was, if you want to watch one of the most emotional cycling videos ever, the math, when Matthew Heyman won the, uh, yeah. the Roubaix. Danny cries just oh. thinking about it. It's unbelievable. Best cycling video I've ever seen. It's, it is, it's just so And he good. loves cycling videos. Because it was so unexpected. And he's like the nicest guy. And everybody was stoked. Everybody was so happy for him. Mm. Um, yeah, what a, uh, what, a, what, a, uh, what, what a man. And again, Tommy Boone and Cancellara. <gasps> Sonny oh. Cabrelli, you know. Sonny Cabrelli. I've just found Sonny Cabrelli's recon ride for Paris-Roubaix last year. Okay. Where he came... Oh, like on the came third overall in the Arenberg sector, oh as in God. the Strava segment, four hundred and eighty-three watts <laughs> for three minutes fifteen. Oh my God! For forty-one k's an hour, oh. to give you an idea of how hard those cobbles are to ride. That's so nuts! That's Crazy. Hard. And we had that young fella, uh, Vermish Florian Vermish. Wish he'd won. Would have been way better than uh, Cabrelli. Yeah, and then yeah, it was great. Gianni Moscon fell off. Love to see it. Yep. 
karma, he, yeah, he karma was, working he, its arse off out on the solo, cobbled sectors. Solo winning, but that was what's so exciting is, and he was just skipping. So you had you know lots of people saying, "Did he have too?" Yeah, I I pressure, pumped his tires up. Pressure's too too much in his tires. Um, all right, so we've only really got two more races left of the classics. After this, we've got La Flèche Wallonie. This is both men's and women's, and then the age best on the age. So these both these races are in uh, they're Ardennes. In, they're in the Ardennes. Um, so the Flèche Wallonie is is the the main race or the main sort of like hill that it finishes up is called the Mur de Hoy, and it mm. does like a like a couple of sort of laps of it. Um, but I haven't been, but my friends who have been have said it's. It's so steep, it's difficult to even stand on it. Mm. And these guys are sort of racing up. Of course, you know, in the women's race, this is where we saw Anna van der Breggen win seven times in a row. Seven times in a row. Oh, that's good. Um, so obviously she's not racing this year. Uh, she dropped the mic. So it's open to who it could be. Uh, Longer Bergwijn, uh, Van Vluten, they're up there. Uh, last year it was won by Julian Anna Philippe. So this is, you know, we're not talking about these kind of like more traditional classics riders. We're talking about more kind of, yeah, ruler, you know, type riders. It's the same as Liege Bastion, Liege really. So Podrakar is racing, Roglic is racing, Julian Anna Philippe's, uh, Valverde who's won it multiple He's times. Riding his Zimmer frame up there. Um, Matej Moric is there. Oh, Moric go well. Your man, Dava Gadu. Yeah. You love a bit of Dava Gadu. He'll get around. He got like third last year. Yeah. He's pretty good at it. Who's your pick for Flesh Wallone, Danny? Oh, Flesh. Podica. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm going to call it. Nice. Hopefully David deals with him. And then uh, Liege best on Liege. Uh, Michael Woods went well. Just looking at this at Flesh Wallone, Michael Woods went well last year. He finished fourth. This is perfect for his, you know. Gadu did better though. You know, Michael Woods always finishes sort of top five, top ten in these two races. And then Liege best on Liege. It's a brute of a race. It's 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 just lumpy. It's 260 kilometers for the men, 4,400 meters climbing. And we're not talking about alpine climbs. We're literally just talking about up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, it's usually windy. It's usually a small group that finishes. It's like the Leaf Hill Octopus. It's like the Leaf Hill Octopus. It's exactly like that. Last year, it was won by Podrakar. Uh, the women's race by Demi Vollering. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. And that's on the 24th of April. And that kind of, Con- concludes our classics really and then it will be sunny and warm and we can all go riding together and drink beers so what's the race of all of those that we've just gone over what's the race that you're you're Strada. looking forward to the most Strada don't yeah. have to Strada. wait long yeah don't have to wait long Strada's good Strada's very good yeah it'd be up there for me but I think Flanders yeah Flanders where are you going yeah, yeah where well, I'm going we'll be yeah. there gonna be there so so those are the races. We want to talk about the riders now. Uh, so both the men and the women. Um, yeah, Danny, why don't you kick things off? Uh, the Wout Van Aert v Van der Poel v, I guess, Pidcock now. Battle yeah. is always, always exciting. That's Some an interesting season. point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that's going to be good battle. to see. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it would be interesting to see whether Van der Poel can come back from his, his knee injury in in the form we know he can can have. Well, he had surgery, didn't he? Yeah. And apparently so it's minor, so whatever that means. Keyhole. Yeah, so we'll... we'll, we'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie was actually in the surgery <laughs> I at the time. I performed it. <laughs> Safe to say Pidcock will be winning this year. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of the guys have raced, but obviously Wout van Aert hasn't, neither has Van der Poel, but that doesn't really mean too much. At no, the, they, at the they always come out far. Like, he's yeah, done yeah, like yeah. 10 CX races, didn't we? 
Yeah, we think we worked it out yesterday that Van Aert's done, he's won nine of the ten CX races he ended. He's going pretty fucking well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he'll go all right. Um, but looking forward to seeing Ethan Hayter, who had yeah. a, a breakout yeah, season last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who's doing quite a lot of the classics, which is going to be great. We've got some We've got some really good UK hopes. Obviously, we've got mm. Tom Pitcock, who I think, will, I think he'll win something this year for sure, uh, like he did last year. Hopefully one of the bigger races. Got Jake Stewart, who finished second at Omelette last year, uh, racing for FDJ. And then, look, you've got these other British protagonists, Luke Rowe, mm. uh, Ben Swift, Connor Swift, you know, like... They're great riders and this suits yep. them very, very well. They so, go well you know, in the bad conditions. Luke Rowe is usually riding for other people. He was riding for Tom Pitcock last year uh, in, in MSR. He's used to wind and rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and but that definitely plays a part oh, as in, you know, the, the brutal conditions. I remember yeah, seeing, these Spanish riders don't ever go well at the old classics, do they? No. I remember seeing Hansen, um, the, I think it was an on loop. And he literally had every bit of clothing that he had on. He was so cold. Uh, I hate riding in the rain. I don't. I don't mind the cold. I hate, yeah, I'm the same. Oh, I hate yeah. the rain. I hate riding in the rain. I think this year's classic season is going to be dominated by uh, Honrik Hausler. Yes. Simon Clark. <laughs> yes. And Jack Hay. <laughs> Calling uh, it now. Well, there's some there's some bias there. Ha- Hausler can definitely go well. Um, <laughs> the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just because he he's focused on this, he he you know he gets the emotion of it, you know he gets the honour of of the classics. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see Sagan go well, but is he finished? No. I don't know about finished. I don't know if he can ever count Sagan out, but he I don't is think he's in the form as he used to be. He is no. if Taco's on the start line. Taco. <laughs> They're not on the same team now, are they? No, no. No, no. Just because he's Taco's going to eat. He's at direct energy now, isn't he? Total direct energy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sagan, that is. Not, yeah. not. Taco's at Intermarche, something, 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 yeah. dot com. Um, you know, we've got, you know, there are a lot of changes over the year. Obviously, Viviani's at Ineos now. Um, you know, he's he, already he, bagged a win. Yeah, I mean. One this year. Well, actually, and he didn't win anything at Cofferdis. Actually, that's a good point. I mean, Danny, talk about the new... You, you mentioned to me yesterday about these new relegation and point systems because, I mean, that's why people are already coming out firing and it's only... Well, it's February. Yeah, it's been it's been really cool to see a lot of the early season races, a lot of the big teams taking it very seriously. I mm. mean, you know, it was only a few years ago, two down under, you'd see the riders all turn up like five or six kilos overweight mm. and sinking pints yeah. in, in, in the hotel bar after the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, now it's uh, it's a lot more serious. And, and part of that this year is because of the promotion relegation system. Interesting. So cycling is divided into, I guess, three main tiers. You've got continental teams, which are like your Ribble World type, the UK mm. scene, that mm. sort of level. Um, and then the next level up from that is pro-continental. So that's like, you know, teams like... Um, I don't know, intermarche.com, mm. whatever mm. they are. Mm. Um, and then you've got the World World Tour. Which Alperson. Alperson Phoenix mm. and Pro Conti. Um, so similar to in football where, you know, you might get the bottom team in a league gets bumped down mm. to the league below. Mm. Um, that's coming into cycling now. So the mm. way it's going to work is the top 18 teams who apply for World Tour licenses mm. and meet all the relevant financial criteria mm. will get 
world tour licenses. So gotcha. back in the day, it used to be if you had a world tour license, you'd keep your yeah, world yeah, tour yeah. license unless someone bought it off you. Yeah. Um, but now it's going to be that all these smaller teams are really fighting for the chance to gain a world tour license. And also all the big teams are really scared about yeah, they losing can't, theirs. They can't rest on their laurels. You've got yeah, teams yeah. like Bike Exchange, which are, you know, haven't won many races last mm. year. So and they're, they're, they're praying and have a horrific kit. Who's that? Bike exchange. It's the worst kit that in the world. That, that, white, that white to blue fade. No, you're shitting it's me. No good, mate. I don't mind it. Sorry, veto. Oh, no man. good. Oh man. Jesus, Jesus. No, no good. If, if you if if looks could kill. Um, Jesus. Go you guys. go online. Google the new bike exchange kit and let us know if you no, agree I, with I don't Danny or Jordan. <laughs> wow. Because. <laughs> That and is the, a the very split opinion. Kits are the same, but the women's are pink and the men's are blue. Uh, it's awful. It's no welcome good. Welcome to 2022. Well, yeah. Um, lots to talk about in the women's. Uh, obviously, uh, Van der Bregen is now retired, uh, which is big. You know, she was obviously a massive hitter for lots of years. Um, so she's now DSing for SD Works. Um, so it's not that it opens things up, but there's definitely one less kind of like person she who was fighting for win. Yeah. So it definitely kind of makes it a little bit more exciting. Demi Vollering is now sort of, you know, coached by her and now in the same team uh, with Lottie Capetti, mm. Lottie Capecchi, who's the uh, Belgian champ. Um, and then the really exciting thing is we've got a new team and it comes back to the funding, mm. you know, thing. We're seeing more money coming to the women's peloton, which is fantastic. Yeah, so EF, um, Education First, who are the company i guess that sponsor the ef team the old the old canada garmin team mm. um have put their money behind the silicon valley tibco bank mm. um us based team so that's not it's not going to be like the same team structure and everything as the men's ef team but it is um i guess they're going to share a lot of the infrastructure and a lot of the the you know the knowledge and mm. team staff and things like that but without being the same team i guess well, I mean, a big part of that is obviously we the we were welcomed the announcement last year that there is a, a women's version of the Tour de France, mm. and it's not this kind of throwaway thing. You know, this, what it used to be was it Le Stage or whatever it was, um, or Tapped Tour? No, what was it? La Course. La Course. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, La Course. And now they've got La Tour de Femme, which is a eight day stage race. And there's a lot of money behind it, which is really great. I mean, I know yeah. we keep talking about money, but that's the reality is that this is, you know, it, the money allows riders to get paid. They get, you know, it allows kind of teams to grow. It allows, allows teams, you know, like we, there is a huge amount of money in the men's peloton and in the men's teams. And there's just not, there hasn't been the same in the women's because they don't get the same coverage. They don't get the same sort of like trickle down from the races. But now that's starting to change, which is really exciting. Um, and, you know, obviously now other sponsors like EF are getting behind the women's peloton and rightly so because there is more coverage and there's more going on. And it's important that, you know, we continue to sort of step up and support the women's race. You know, here in the shop, you know, if we've got men's racing on, we'll also have the women's racing on. You know, that's that's the reality of it. And, you know, whilst, you know, the coverage is not as good, it's certainly a lot better than it has been. That also, you know, the interesting thing is because does that change the dynamic of the women's calendar and women's racing because will teams be because the rosters are so much smaller in the women's team will they not be sacrificing themselves for these quote-unquote smaller races and just be going after flanders just be going after you know tour de france 
uh, those type of things. I think it's very possible. I mean, yeah. you look at um, how close the women's Giro and the women's Tour mm. are together. Mm. Mm. It's going to be a struggle for teams to field full-strength teams at both races both, without yeah. having a lot of overlapping riders. I mean, you look at most men's World Tour teams and they'll have 30-odd riders, but mm. the women's ones, you know, I'm just looking at like live – Live Racing Extra have fourteen riders on the yeah. roster. UAE have fifteen, so it's, yeah. it, they're all they're quite small teams. So it's going to be interesting to see where they focus their energies. And I mean the the men's you know rosters they allow for to have a, a GC squad and a classic squad or a one day squad or a Giro squad or a tour. You know they they have that space. The women's don't have that luxury. You know they do to some degree, but you'll see the same riders doing the classics as they will in the uh, uh, in in the Grand Tours and as in and going for wins mm. too. Um, yeah, very exciting. Um, all right, so now we'll take some. Oh, actually, no, we've got one very important question. Favorite kit for 2022? Not bike exchange. Not bike exchange. Not bike exchange. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, men's peloton for me would be EFs is up there. Oh, I love it's it. always good every yeah, year. It's it. good. I don't know about the green bibs, but I think seeing them racing in the mm. green bibs, it's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind it. Speaking of EF, our next podcast, which will be coming out next week, mm. is with the EF team chef and nutritionist. So we've got Owen Blandy and Will Gerling coming down to do a podcast, which I'm very excited about. So we'll get mm. a proper insight into what it's like to be a chef and nutritionist uh, for uh, the, 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 a pro team, which is, yeah, I think it's fascinating. Mm. That's going to be very cool. Jamie, uh, favorite kit? AG2 off in the men's, Canyon Stram in the women's. Yeah, Kenya Srams is great in the women's. Really, yeah, really good. Great For both men's and women's, I think the EF kit, yeah. EF Easy Post, I love it. I think the green bibs are a touch. Uh, yeah. Women's big, have blue big, big fan. Do you remember like a few years ago? I think it was like been 2014, something like that. Maybe 2015. Saxo Bank did their training kit, but it was like... Zebra? No, it was that same season, but they... Actually, no, it wasn't their training. It was their full kit, and it was this like almost like petrol titanium blue. It was this really lovely kind of like quite muted color. Oh, I just loved it. So, so, so nice. Well, I mean, AG2R, I've been doing brown bibs for years. Lo love, love a brown bib. What's your least favorite kit then, Jordan? What, of this year? Yeah. Um, least favorite kit. I, that's last year's. Come on, Danny. Uh, so I've got to say, I do, there. I do like Bora's kit. I think they've, I think, I, I, I do like it. I wouldn't I wear think, it, uh, but I like it. I think Perrin, Perrin designed their bikes. Is that right? Yeah. On your Perrin, uh, least favorite kit. I mean, I don't know. Some of the more traditional ones. Total Energy is real bad, and that Group Pharma DJ. It's just very Total traditional. Total Energy did an incredible release video of that kit. Oh yeah, with Sagan. He does like a a whole. It, it's worth watching. <laughs> the, the worst, probably, the probably more worth watching than the, Matt Heyman win Roubaix. The worst one was uh, the Astana when they did that rap video. <laughs> oh, so cringe, so cringe. Right, we've got some questions from you guys, which we'll get into now. So, first question is from Franco. Uh, who is your favorite? What? Sorry, what's your favorite race to watch? Which we kind of answered already, but we'll do it again. And which race route would you most like to ride in full? race to watch for me be Flanders but I think um, yeah Strade Bianchi mm. to ride mm. yeah same yeah definitely to watch Flanders just because I, I just think it's so iconic race would either be yeah Strade Bianchi um, or Liège mm. 
because it's an absolute savage. Mm. Just to say that you've done it, it wouldn't be enjoyable at all. But 200k, 4,000 meters of climbing, yeah, it'd be absolutely brute. If, if I never ride the Roubaix route, I'll be a happy man. Yeah, yeah it's pretty, pretty. <laughs> I'd love to do it one day, um, or at least some of it. Maybe just maybe Danny, just, maybe just, 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 a, maybe just, flats a, just for the just the velodrome, yeah, yeah. Uh, got a question from Birdman. Um, what's your favourite cobble berg and why? And then Danny, what's the best tyres for the classic slash Flanders? And can you even get them? Question mark. <laughs> uh, favourite cobble berg, That's probably the Koppenberg. That's mm. just cool. Uh, oh. Paterberg. Paterberg. Brute. Mm. I, I threw a tantrum on the Paterberg once. It was just too steep. <laughs> For me, it'd probably be Kappelmuir. Like the, uh, t- you you go over the, like this bridge into Gerardsburg and then you go up through the town and it just gets thinner and thinner and steeper and steeper and more cobbles and you end with this church at the top and it's just, oh, it's just exquisite. Absolutely exquisite. Um, got some other questions? Yeah. Sh- uh, oh, we didn't do the tyres one. Oh, tyres. Um, the tyres that you can buy, Matt. If you find them in stock, put them on your bike. <laughs> yeah, just anything. <laughs> we, we tried to buy some GP5000s the other day and we can have them next year. Next year. And that's no joke, by the way. Yeah, literally, if we order them now, we get them next year. Maxis Minions. There you go, Matt. That's <laughs> my go, hot Matt. take. 29 by 2.6. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got any other questions? We've got some uh, questions Yeah, yesterday? we've got some more come through uh, this morning. Um, from Mark James, why isn't Strada Bianchi a monument? And who makes the decision? Because it it's only been around like fifteen years. Yeah. or something is the reasoning. Yeah, um, like, that's the official line. You got like you, you know, there's like, not enough history. Yeah, you got like like Lombardia, for example, or it's like two hundred years. Yeah, old. I mean, it's that's called the old lady, la like, like Doyon, whatever it is. You know, but it's it's uh, it's just yeah, it's just history. It, that, that, that's mm. all it is. Mm. It's an un- unbelievable, iconic race, but yeah. it's just the history of yeah. it. It'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, it'll yeah. get there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not like it's like a UCI classification. No, it's no, just no. a generally accepted. Yeah. There's we, a, these are the monuments there's type a thing. really great book by Pete, Peter Cousins petition. really great book called, by Peter Cousins called Monuments definitely worth a watch it's kind of like the history of each of the monuments very very good hmm. uh, another one from Steve oh, so they, they, that was Mark James the last ones um, Steve McMillan favourite climb we've kind of done that with the, the cobble climbs yeah yeah um, most exciting classic you've ever seen hmm I'll, I'll do mine while you think. Yeah. Matthew Heyman's 2016 Paris-Roubaix. It's pretty it good. It doesn't get better than that for me. It's That's so, good. so good. Just watching a guy who just cares so much about that race yeah. and just so unlikely to win it come yeah. out on top was so good. So it's got to be... Oh, I'm, I, can't, I'm, I can't remember what year. I need to look into that. But the... Uh, um, Cancellara, Tommy Boonen, where Cancellara dropped him on Kapelmuir. And there's this, you know, and then he, he sort of then sort of broke on to win. This is Flanders. Um, and there's all of these stories now since that he had a motor in his bike and all of these. So it's, but it kind of makes this kind of, you know, this, this iconic moment. Pantomime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just, I mean, if, 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 but the, the passion of the fans, you know, you know, they're standing there, they're screaming and to kind of watch their hero, Tommy, um, yeah, Tommy Boonen sort of come up and get dropped. And there was this, you're watching it going, oh no, that can't happen. And oh, just amazing. Yeah, yeah, that for me. Tiege Benoit. Tiege. Winning Strada. Yeah, that was great. I love that guy. That was great. 
It's not it's not the typical iconic classic, but, yeah, but it was it's good enough for me. Gritty wet race mm. too. Yeah, pretty savage. And yeah, coupled with Wout Van Aert literally exploding. Yeah. Like nothing, nothing left. Bit of a hot take for the next one. Okay. In quotes, Liège Bastogne Liège is a bit meh, isn't it? What makes it a classic aside from just being old? What does meh mean? As in not good. I see. Mm, completely disagree. Same. Yeah, completely yeah. disagree. It's an absolute brute of a race. Mm. I don't understand why it would be meh. Yeah, I, I really uh, enjoy watching like, yeah. sprinters, uh, sorry, climbers try to sprint too. Yeah. It's so fun. hard that you can only get one leg warmer off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What's not to love? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I completely disagree. There's another hot take in there about Ghana, which yeah, we've, we've, got we've hot, not quite got to. Hot take from Bruno um, saying that Ghana, Filippo Ghana will win we'll Milan San Remo. Yeah, very possible. Very possible. Definitely very possible. Yeah, I mean, he's looking really good this year. Italian yeah. race, Italian man. Italian race, big Italian man, but yeah. lots of watts. Very we, powerful. I saw on their WhatsApp group, we had a question from Pete Clifton. Pete Clifton. And that was, can... Can Tom Pickcock win? Oh, the other one. Yeah, which one will Tom Pickcock win? Yeah, I think he'll win. certainty. Like, I think he absolutely can. Ooh. Amstel, because he won it last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amstel or Gent will bang him, I reckon. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, could be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another one from the John. Uh, not necessarily related related to the classics, but why are support riders still so important up climbs, even when there's little to no drafting effect? What, what, what in the classics? Mm. Well, he said not necessarily related to the classics, but oh, in right. general. Because oh, they can carry a gel for you. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's also just a, a, a tempo setting as well. Mm. And they're also there as kind of extra sort of like fodder so that if somebody goes on an attack, they can cover and it's just so you're not, it's more so you're not mm. isolated necessarily but for the drafting. I think at the... Although some climbs there are, there definitely is benefits of drafting. I mean, yeah, I think people probably underestimate how fast pros go up climbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's a you know, if it's a five percent climb, they're doing thirty k an hour. Yeah. You want to be sitting on someone's wheel. Yeah. Um, and if it's a teammate, that's even better for yeah. sure. Uh, All right. Is that pretty any much it? Other questions. All right. Well, look, thanks guys for those questions. Uh, we will be doing another one next week. So if you if you listen to this and you get your you can get some questions just before Monday. Nutrition. Uh, yeah, anything to do with pro peloton nutrition. I'm I'm really excited about that. And I think that's going to be great. Um, but look, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. For us, this is the favourite time of the year. It's two amazing months of racing, and I hope you know from listening to this, you you know make the effort to sort of like watch them each week. Watch them at home. Come to the cafe. We have got beers. You know, what, what, what more do you want? Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, look, we love doing this podcast. Please go back and listen to the other ones. Mm. Uh, and if you've got any ideas for other podcasts we can do in the future, give us a shout. But from me, it is a goodbye. Bye. See you later. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Bye.